Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, everybody. We are lively and just fired up. Fire up. This morning. Yeah. A little bit late drinking the coffee today. It hasn't quite kicked in yet. Actually, I should have got one more. That's what I was, (laughs) I determined right before coming up that I would get another one and I didn't, so. Picked the wrong week to have it. If you you wanted to do it, like now's the time if you're going to do it. Yeah. No, we're we're good. We're we're rocking. Can't leave once we start. It's happened before. Oh, you can. Yeah. Actually, I think you've done it. Well, I had a phone call. Exactly. It was a, Most it was people a, don't answer their phones a, was, when they're in the middle of a, a family live recording. crisis kind of situation. It was, you know, that took precedence. Yeah. I think I had, to, I had to do one of those once yeah. as well. I think Jordan left one. I think we've all left once. Right. Yeah. So, there. So, like, if you're going to get your coffee, go do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, always, I will say happy anniversary to my lovely wife on the camera. Oh, today? Today. Nice. Yeah. 29, 29 years. 29. Very cool. 29 years by the grace of God. So. Well, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clearly on her end. Yeah. So, so we all have anniversaries like within a couple of weeks. Of yeah, we do. Yeah. They're, all, they're all June. June weddings was kind of the thing for a long time. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, June weddings. Why? Just because of the weather? Or? Yeah, good weather. So school's out. People can travel. So a lot of people get married in June. Yeah. Makes sense. I think yeah. me and Carrie... We're living together before we found out that she was pregnant, and I think that's why we we shoved in a June wedding just to make it happen as soon as it could. So, yeah, I don't know why I shared that, but yes, I think that's what happened with ours. All so. right, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's weird that tomorrow is July already. It's just it's summer's already clipping by. So. Yeah, it's just started. Yeah, I mean it's weather-wise. Yeah, Half, right. halfway through the year, hard to believe. Yeah, yep. Sunday we have the Frontier Days. In Lapine, yeah. we're taking over the church service in Lapine that day. So, yeah, so that'll be uh, contrary to some what some people think. It's not at front. It's called Frontier Days, but it's not at Frontier Heritage Park. So the Frontier Days Association has land on the south end of town, off of Sixth Street. So just just go down to the end of town, hang a right, and look for the crowd. I did put it and in you'll the, find on it. the calendar, the church calendar, with the correct address. All right, so, very good. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be at 9.30, not our uh, normal 10 a.m. start time. Right. So, uh, And if you have a chair, uh, bring it. There'll be some seating there, but I understand it's kind of limited. So, and if you have an chair. umbrella, you may want Maybe to that too. <laughs> Perhaps. Looking, looking a little funky so far, yeah. weather-wise. Yep. But we'll see. 65 is nice, though. Yeah, so. as long as it's dry. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be good. Pretty cool thing for us to be able to do as a church. Super neat. Yeah. yeah. Super awesome thing. What else do we got going? Nothing. Uh, baptism. Baptism. Yeah. yeah, big lunch after church and a baptism on the 17th. So both churches combining into one. Actually, Ron said we could actually do the service out there if we wanted to. But So that's like that That would be cool, but like we seem to, not really in Lapine, but up here we seem to get visitors from week to week. That's what I thought too. So I forgot he said that and then I didn't respond yeah. to him. So. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't help with visitors. Yeah, I might have told him that on Sunday. I can't remember. Okay, we might have had that conversation. Well, <laughs> hey, Ron, if you're listening. Yeah, sorry. There it is. Yeah. 
Cool. I got nothing else. Really? I think that's it for now. Well, dang, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so me and Brent found something really cool out last weekend, and that's that Chad is actually from Prineville, um, and we learned that from his. <laughs> Well, you knew that was from that's that's not what you said. No, I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> sure if like you you were truly from Prineville oh, until yeah. we played horseshoes. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, Chad took us to task. I, I represented pretty, pretty much single handedly. <laughs> so and we were doing good too. We went and handled the old guys. Yeah. Um, who was that? Rick Sanchez and Jerry Paul. Paul too. <laughs> <laughs> Rick kept calling him Jerry. That was funny. <laughs> I, I do that too in my head. Like, well, okay, which one's the man? Like I do it with Todd and Terry too, where I always want to call Todd Terry. I don't know why. It's just a, or wait, Todd, yeah, <laughs> yes. So anyway, we had a camp out last weekend. Yeah, weather was awesome. I had a great time. I th- I think I think we'll start there because camp outs are like are kind of a cool thing, especially when the church gets together and, and does that uh, for for different reasons. And I and I think I will I will start by asking you guys why. Like, what are some of the benefits of things like a church camp out? I mean, for, for me, it's, it's uh, Sundays are great. I love when we gather to worship, but you just don't have the, the, the time to sit and really get to know people, hear their story. Right, um, right. You know, in the camp out where you have no agenda, you're just kind of hanging out, um, wandering around different campsites, you know, Taking, stealing food from people. Exactly. <laughs> you just, uh, it's a whole different That's kind the of real thing. reason. I guess. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I got to spend time in conversation with people long periods of time, uh, learning more about them in, in a way that I hadn't before. And so it affords that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just an opportunity to get to know people in a way that you can't just week in and week out on Sundays. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and even with the other things that we have, you know, going through the week, uh, I mean, all, all of it, you know, there's, a, there's an aspect to it of, you know, we're getting involved in one another's lives. But, you know, places like the camp out where you have, you know, hours and days, yeah. you know, you're just not afforded that even with all the midweek things that we have going on either. Sure. And it's kind of, it's even different because some people can say, oh, well, you know, home groups do that and stuff like that, which they do. Like there's other ways yeah. to, to be intentional about um, getting to know each other on better levels. But it seems like at a camp out, like you don't, um, you, you get to avoid the whole, the whole Martha syndrome of even hosting and running to the kitchen and taking care right. of this and taking care of that. There's kind of that hustle and bustle where out there, uh, there's really nothing for anyone to do other than to right. sit and have a conversation. Talk. So it's always fun to just grab a chair and walk from spot, you know, spend an hour with this group and then walk over here and spend an hour with this, with this group. And, and you just get to know people on a completely different level. So. Yeah. I really have missed it. It's been, we didn't do it um, the last two years. Yeah, the last two years uh, with COVID and everything, and, and so it was it was really cool to be able to do a, a pretty good turnout from both. I mean, Lapine anyway was mm-hmm. a good turnout percentage wise. Lapine rep three R not not as much a good three R didn't rep real well. Not not percentage wise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we had about the same amount of people from both yeah. both locations. Mm-hmm. So it was a little disappointing that we didn't see more people. But right. I think part of that, I think everybody's still in that weird mode of I did too. Yeah. of um, I don't know self quarantine or whatever right. it is. I don't, not right. too sure exactly, but sure. but it was cool to just have something normal again. Yeah, for sure. And um, I had a lot of fun. So. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a blast for sure. It was a Carrie's already scheduled next year. Yep, she did. Uh, she, already, she already got the site, so we were in site A, and this next time we're going to be in site B, which is the one that's a little closer to that stream. Mm-hmm. And um, and we had a lot of room. We could have had a lot more people show up, and so it's already 
Yep. It's already covered, and we did it a week earlier. So it'll That's, be yeah. Father's Day weekend next year. There you go. Uh, but we'll be done by Sunday, so you'll still be able to do Father's Day, and hopefully that'll free up because a couple of people had conflicts and couldn't yeah. come that would have been there. So, yeah. So like the middle nice. of June? Um, toward the beginning of June? Yeah, I want to say middle. Just kind of, you know, without looking, make a note on your calendars for next yeah. year. Yeah, it's, all, it's already on there, so we're gonna go do it again. Yeah, you can figure out what Father's Day is. And yeah, and the spot we got's a, a little, a little bit better next year too. It's closer to the the stream, the river. It's just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's a nice little spot. Anyway, yeah, um, they matter. So we definitely encourage you guys to take advantage of those things when, when the church does. We don't do them that much. Like Brent said, it's been two years since we've even tried to do anything. Yeah. So when something comes up, like the baptism in, a, in you know, a, a couple of weeks, um, having food and hanging out, after, just make it a priority to, to come. So, yeah, good way to tighten up relationships. Yeah, I think another cool thing about the campouts too, like, like I think our tendency in, in the Christian world is that we try to spiritualize everything, and, and mm. I think we ruin a lot of things with Bible studies. Yeah, and not to sound weird, like we're for studying the Bible. You might get an email for that. I, I, I'm okay getting an email. Email me away. Um, <laughs> Chad, you know the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, say that. Um, you know, just <laughs> you know, the evidence for these kinds of things is just to get to know one another mm-hmm. and, and to hang out, and uh, like there's value in that. I think sometimes we undervalue uh, just getting to know people and having you know more social type activities. Yeah. Um, I, studying the Bible is always good, and we're always going to do it. It's right. going to be a component of things that we do, but, but we tend to undervalue, um, you know, just being together, just being. Well, that's why the, yeah. I, I love the, the when the Phyllis has started that uh, fellowship that they do in, exactly. in three R. Um, there was a kind of this idea. Well, we should we should turn this into more of a home group or more of a Bible study. And it's like you've got fifty people or so coming after church, sitting down, having lunch, having conversations. Um, you know, th- this is a really cool thing that's happening. Yeah. We don't mm-hmm. need to. We don't. You know. We don't want to squash that. So, right. And I, that's that's the other thing I noticed at the camp out is that in Bible studies or for, in kind of home group settings, there's always the people that do all the talking. And yes. then there's a bunch of people that kind of fade into the background and you really don't get to know because, it, you know, it's yeah. just not the way it is. But at the camp out kind of a setting, yeah. you know, the people that are kind of quieter and that stay in the, in the shadows kind of come out and you get yeah, to know sure. them. And I, there was a bunch of people like that this yeah. week that I got to know yeah. uh, at a whole different level. Yeah. So. There was one couple that kept... Saying over and over again yeah. how much it meant to them because they have struggled for years and years and years to, to, for whatever reason, to get into a church and feel like they belonged or feel like they were wanted or yeah. whatever. And every once in a while, the, they would just say out loud, like, this is so awesome. I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. like um, they, they were able to experience something they've been looking for for a long time just by nice. being at a camp out that didn't have a Bible study or uh, didn't have some kind of a, you know, um, you know, list of things that it had to get through just people coming and loving each other and having conversation and so yeah, yeah. awesome thing man yeah. yeah super cool all right we're ready for the not fun stuff sure <laughs> so obviously we had the rover suede uh, reversal that happened last week actually a week week ago today might have been last friday um and there's a lot of different responses obviously from the world from uh, just the secular you know society uh, but also even from Christians in the church. And I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time understanding exactly what this means. You know, it's always a good thing when you, when you see, um, you know, the, the, the heart of God, you know, um, championed in the public sector. That's good. Um, but I'm not sure how much of a victory 
this is, you know, how far it goes. So I thought we would talk about that a little bit. So what is, first of all, what is what does this reversal mean for the church? Let's just start with that. What does it mean for the church, or what should it mean for the church? Does it mean we, does it mean we won? Okay, well, I, I, I like <laughs> where you're starting, Chad. I, I'm being a little sarcastic. That's a good place to about start. About that, right? Doesn't mean that we're right. Okay, right. Um, if you're listening, you didn't. Yeah. Catch that, but <laughs> go back it, it was a good visual. So yeah. log into YouTube if you're listening to the podcast just for that moment. That's right. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I agree with you. When whenever you know God's heart is is championing the public sector, that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this isn't the time you know for the church to gloat. I mean, I think people you know in in Christianity have been working for a long time supporting the, the cause of pro life. Mm-hmm. And so, the, so there is a sense in which you know maybe some people can can take a pat on the back to say yeah, their sure. work has, has paid off and has garnered something, um, but but I think what we're seeing you know kind of more more broadly um, is we're just seeing the depravity of, of mankind in you know both people in the church gloating over this and people outside exactly. of the church um, you know considering this like the hill that they're going to die on. Um, you know, to protect, you know, what, what's considered, you know, reproductive rights, which I think is kind of a farce of a term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we're just seeing depravity all around. Like, this is revealing something that maybe was already revealed, but it's just, it's revealing something in a, in a new way, I think. Yeah. I like how you bring out depravity all the way around, that it's not just on on the side of, of people that are, you know, appalled about this happening, uh, mostly non-religious people probably. Um, but also in the church, like even just seeing, again, just the ugliness of even followers of Christ, quote unquote, in a way that um, that they can respond and act, you know, right. given the opportunity to. Um, yeah. it's just, it just blows my mind that, that anyone would think it's a good idea um, to, just to respond in a fleshly way, a hateful way, a right. you know, derogatory way, whatever, towards non-believers, you know. Yeah. So, Yeah. Bizarre, man. Just, just the times go from weird to weirder right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is just the next, the next stage. So. Well, the thing is, like, I think, like, it's always been, like, this has always been there. Yes, it has. I, I think that, that there, there's a kind of a celebration of depravity in society that we haven't seen before. The, mm-hmm. the things that that used to be, you know, considered taboo topics that you didn't sure. talk about or. You know that, that you didn't celebrate about or you didn't gloat about, like like those things are just front and center now, and that's the thing that, that kind of boggles my mind. I mean, abortion's been a thing for fifty years, and, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, back then, you know, people celebrated it as well, but it was kind of a small corner of society, I think. For sure. Um, you know, now it's it's just front and center, and same and, with our next topic too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. fill in the blank with whatever topic. Yeah. Just things that, that we didn't used to talk about all that much yeah. are now, you know, the things that you know badges. That, that yeah. we wear. Yeah, we're That's super loud and proud. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're even virtuous. And, yeah. You know, yeah. you're the better human being for expanding into an acceptance of these right. things and a celebration of these things. And so every, every, we, we are truly seeing everything go upside down. Yeah. Before us, no doubt. What do you think, Brent, or uh, as far as what this what this means for the church? I mean, in, in, in some ways, you know, when you, when you see something like this, that you never thought would change or get overturned, be overturned. I was kind of mind blown. There's something hopeful about that, yeah. and there is something that I, I did, you know, rejoice over. But 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 when you just are you post millennial now? <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, it didn't it didn't sway me to that to that uh, side. But you know, I just I, when I, when you really look at what the net outcome is going to be from this, <clears throat> it may not really change a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know that you're going to see less abortions take place because of it. Right. And I think that's the that's what both sides have done is they've said this is going to you know. 
make this difference. And, and I don't know that it will. I, I think people are still going to do what they want to do. Yeah. They're going to find a way to do it like they yeah. always have. <clears throat> but there was still, I don't know, in, in a society where it feels like we've just had loss after loss right. after loss after loss. we're sliding down Things downhill. have gotten yeah. crazier. To yeah. have something kind of happened that was... I don't know. It's weird. It felt yeah. hopeful. Sure. But, but the other thing I, I, I saw right away, and I had like a family member posted mm-hmm. on Facebook and said, if you are rejoicing today, feel free to unfriend me. Yep. I mean, it was that kind of thing. Yep. And so I think there's Christians right now that are scared to even say or do anything. You've yep. got some people sure. that are gloating. You've got other people that are afraid to. Yep. And I thought it was so weird because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done the opposite for her. I wouldn't have thought like, you know, if it would have gone the other way, for instance, I wouldn't have ever thought to post, well, if you're rejoicing right now, we yeah. can't be friends anymore. It's very strange that it's gotten to that point where right. it's that us and them thing to the right. extreme. Yeah. Right. That you know, and again, I can understand. I don't agree with their argument. I don't right. agree with their way of thinking, because to me, the the fact that there is two lives involved, two bodies involved, to me seems so clear. They've done away with that. So in their minds, you know, but I see where they're I see where they're at, and I understand where they're at. Um, I don't agree with it, but it's not going to cause me to not be friends with somebody, right. a family member. For sure. And it's so weird to see how polarizing this has become, you know, in our nation and in families yeah. and in, even in the church where Christians are afraid to, I don't know, yeah. to, to make a stand of any kind about anything for well, there's, being canceled or yeah. written off or whatever. What's weird to me is some of the Christians in the church that have taken up some of the same language that are just appalled. Correct. Which is, which is weird because you always thought, well, this is something that we all agree on, even if you're... In Wacko Church, you know what I mean? Like, we, we all get that life is important to God. I, I'm amazed at how many Christians I've seen on my feed, women, that are just appalled that uh, we have done this to women's rights, yeah. uh, which yeah. which kind of shows me where their biblical worldview is or, you know, how, how deep it runs. But <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm even, I would even go further than that. I just yeah. don't even know. I, I remember as a non-Christian thinking abortion was fine. Uh, when I became a Christian... Nobody had to convince me of anything. All of a sudden, I just knew right. that it wasn't. Sure. I, and I don't know what what that means or what that is, but it, to, to I don't know. It's really weird to me yeah. when yeah. I see people yeah. uh, that claim to be followers of Christ saying that this is just fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I don't know. I don't get it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, have a, uh, <clears throat> I know, I wouldn't say we're friends. It's pretty too strong of a term, but I know um, locally here a female pastor who I've connected to on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and very much for the pro-choice cause, and you know, out there with, with rallies and holding up, you know, signs, hands off our bodies, and those kinds of things. Right. And I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. said she's a woman pastor. Yeah, I get it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's that. Oh. I get it. <laughs> You're gonna get an email about that. <laughs> Ooh, what's up? Yeah, I, I might. So, so like, so like, I had a hard time interpreting it because I, I feel the same way. Like, just the fact that we've been sliding downhill yeah. morally as a society for so long and then all of a sudden you you all you see this thing corrected um like in a sense is like like this is weird like this is odd this is this is kind of cool like like we can go backwards maybe you know um but but like the reality is that it's not going to end it and these things will always find other ways to do their thing it just it just makes them go underground it just it just makes it be sneakier and you know it becomes a black market thing and everyone's still a con yeah. so so it kind of stinks what it creates what i do love is is i mean obviously the states still have the final say but i've always just been disgusted at the thought that my tax dollars has to right, right. pay for this thing which i utterly disagree with and think is just is is wrong completely ethically 
all the way around that I have to pay for that is ridiculous. And I, and I would say the same thing for someone who's not religious and not a Christian. If we had one of our agendas, um, you know, on, on, on the docket and their money was having to go to that, which they completely disagree with. Like I, I would love to find a way for them to not have to support it. So, um, I, I do like that, that maybe some of that's going to be different. You know, we're going to have yeah. more people moving to certain States. You know, well, it's, probably get, it's probably going to get worse in Oregon. Quite it's going right. to get worse in Oregon. Yeah, yeah. it's probably going to open up the. Yeah, we may be the loudest and proudest state championing women's rights out of this thing. But yeah, you know, well, I think I read something that uh, Oregon, you know, the governors of the West Coast states are pretty tight. You know, Oregon, Washington, mm-hmm. California. And I think they've banded together and have talked about making like the West Coast, you know, a safe haven of right. abortion, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you know. Again, I agree with you. Like, I'm glad the thing was overturned, but but it really just creates more of a divide between you yeah, know. Yeah. It polarizes the issue even more. It doesn't fix it. You right? know, it was already polarized. Right. Yeah. Um, and now we have you know large corporations offering to you know cover travel expenses for people that have to travel right. to get an abortion. I mean, it's just the divide. You know, we're seeing the divide get more and more sure. you know, over this issue, and that side of it kind of stinks. Sure. I want to go back to the hostility piece of this for a minute so I mean we already know that we're on that trajectory even before the reversal of this like um, the divide um, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger in our in our country you know there's two definite camps that don't see eye to eye and don't care much for each other anymore you know and so this is this is just another nail in that coffin but one of the uh, a friend of mine uh, on Facebook posted this right after it happened and it, and it says at the top, it's qualified by, I hope you all get very annoyed um, by my post today, you oh. know. Um, and, and these are people that are, you know, friends, even though they're not, you know, we're usually cordial to each other. But the, the, the quote is, I better not see one Christian in a fertility clinic if God makes all the decisions on bearing children and he didn't give you the ability to become pregnant. Oh, well, you know. And there's just these... Um, you know, this kind of stuff going on where it's, where it's like, you know, you're, you're going to get yours or, you know, it's the hypocritical statements pointing out that we're just hypocrites. So, um, what's, what would you say? I mean, and obviously I just led into it. Like you said, that's it, that there's going to be people that are even scared, maybe not scared is the right word, but like hesitant to even like say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Because yeah. of, of what this is bringing about and going to bring about, because it's just going to rip relationships apart that it shouldn't be ripping apart. So, um, what's the what? What should we? How should we be responding? I mean, this is a stupid question, but I feel like a lot of people probably need to be reminded because sure. because there is going to be hate and nastiness coming at us, and it's just so easy for us to return it. It's so easy for us to feel justified that we're right and they're wrong, that we just we just lash back and throw stones back. So what do we need to be doing with this right now as a church? I think the the next two Sunday sermons are going to inform us a I lot think you're right. you know, about this as we're working our way through the Sermon on the Mount yep. with, you know, retaliation and, and the love of our enemies. And, um, you know, I think oftentimes we want to we want to retaliate. You know, we want to exchange you know hate for hate, or vitriol for vitriol, or you know, anger for anger. Righteous or indignation. We'll call right. it a righteous indignation. Right. right, because we feel like we're on the right side of something that our anger is righteous, and, and yes. I'm just gonna, like your anger is probably not righteous, even if you are the right side of things. Right, right? we're we're sinful, broken, fallen human beings, yeah. and we usually don't do anger wrong. Right. Yeah. Or right. 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 Yeah. We yeah, usually we don't do right. anger right. We usually do anger wrong. Yeah. 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 It, it's probably I more. Came out wrong. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so Jesus 
tells us like don't don't retaliate you know like it's not an eye for an eye yeah um, you know if someone takes from you give them more you know and then he goes on to talk about you know like loving your enemies right. and that's really where the rubber meets the road it's easy to love people that are like us it's easy to um, you know kind of band together exactly. with people that have similar political views or, or whatever it is and, and to love you know those people but but to love people that think completely differently from us um, you know that's where the Bible says it really you don't get credit for loving people that are like you that's right you know you get credit for loving people that aren't like you and that's where the rubber meets the road and we have that example in Christ of you know, enemy love of what that looks like that while we were his enemy he died for us mm-hmm. and, and so so just that that kind of theological underpinning should should inform how we approach these kinds of issues mm-hmm. uh, when we're engaging you know a hostile society or hostile people sure yeah. did you want to add to that well I, I would just say I think it's it's important for us to, to know that um, people are behaving when it comes to some of these things exactly the way you, sh- you would expect them to behave sure. as people who aren't, you know, they, they have not had their eyes spiritually open. They haven't had their ears, you know, unstopped spiritually. There's the Holy Spirit isn't present in them. And I think a lot of times we, we expect Christian behavior to come out of non-Christians mm-hmm. or, or sure. you know, for them to, to have the heart of God in these <laughs> things when they're, they're dead people walking. And I, I, I'm saying that, I don't mean that in a, right, right. In a you know, weird way, but, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's a big ask sometimes. It's like, well, we shouldn't be surprised by this behavior. Right. And, and so thinking that we're going to be able to argue our way into, to convincing them to see it our way, you know, or, or get into these battles. You know, I see all these clever arguments and these things that people do. And it's like, you know what, this is a gospel <clears throat> issue and a gospel yeah. problem. Unless new life occurs, unless that, you know, regeneration happens, I don't, you know, we're really, we shouldn't be surprised at, at the way things are, I guess. And I think yeah. sometimes Christians miss that. So I think I think often we miss it. Yeah. Yeah. We we think, yeah. like you said, that we can argue people into Christianity. Or and, morality and you cannot, or whatever, yeah. Or or if, if they just learn to think the way we do or, or see things yeah. the way that we see things in, in the world, then that will make them a Christian. Yeah. And that's the whole problem. Is <laughs> it it doesn't make anybody a Christian. It's like you said, when you when you got became a believer, like Something shifted internally, like like you know your your worldview wasn't lining up as far as how you viewed life, uh, yeah. and so it kind of it, it it when you're born again it rearranges things into an order that yep. that is a God order. My wife was the same way, you know. Prior to to her coming, she was probably the most loud, proud, woman's rights, whole nine yards that anyone's ever met. Like she was just a handful, you know. And, um, and when she, she used to, uh, her friends would, would come up pregnant, you know, periodically from time to time. And she was the one that mama them and said, yeah. okay, we need to go down and take care of this. And she would take these ladies to get abortions. She just so, felt so strongly about it. And then when she got saved, um, it changed, man. Um, when we, when we held our first child in our yeah. arms, it changed. And we saw just the, the, just the depths of the glory of God and, in design and tension and value and and everything changed. So so this is not just a moral. This is not just an intellectual right. uh, exercise that we have with people. Right. This yep. this is something that is super. It, it requires a supernatural work. Uh, I think of Titus. You know, of course, uh, we've been having men memorize this. For you were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hating others and being hated by others. But when the kindness and love of God appeared, he saved us, right? And he goes into the washing and regeneration of the Spirit through the grace of God. It's a supernatural thing that caused us to go from where these people are to where we are now. And if 
we don't believe that, then we're going to go out and do well, some and, stupid and so stuff. So that should right? create a, a, a mercy within us for somebody who's not familiar yet, and a love and a compassion yeah. and a, an understanding. Not not that we would agree with where they're at, because we, you know, these things are these are big. I don't know. They're, they're not. They're, they're real not, things. Yeah, but they're not something we'll ever agree on. But we right. should have, we should have a lot more understanding and mercy. Right. right. And, we and, should and be heartbroken over sinners rather than angry. At yes. Them. And right. know that the answer is for them to receive the gospel of Christ. You know that, yes. they, that they need yeah. Jesus as their Savior, and that will be the answer. Not not to make them you know morally agree with us. Yes. That's and I think we've done that as a country for a long time. We used to have everybody just try to get everybody on the same page morally speaking, right. and then we felt like we were. Right. You know, we, exactly. we'd, we'd won. And it's like, no, people need to bow before Jesus as Lord yes. and be forgiven of their sins. And and then when that new, you know, when God starts to write his law in our heart, that's when all this changes. Mm-hmm. If, if that doesn't happen, we're not, you know, we're not going to see change. Yep. Right? That's the change we want to see. That's the change. And the way we're going to affect that is hopefully by, you know, sitting down with some of these people. I, I think we also forget that a lot of the reason that, that people are so upset and, and so angry, even Christian people, is because they've, they've been through this. Yep. This is either personal to them or personal to somebody they know. This is an emotional thing that's happened, and we, we're treating it like an intellectual thing or, a, you know, a, I, I don't know. I think we, sometimes we just, we could stand to be a little bit more compassionate and understanding. Sure, sure. So. Yeah, well, I think you bring up a good point of, of realizing that, you know, there, there are people in the church who have walked through yeah. abortion, you know, yeah. directly or indirectly, yeah. um, and, and the way that we engage society in that issue, like it says something to those people about, you know, what God thinks about this, or, you know, like we create a perception, good or bad, right. you know, based on the way that we engage, and so yeah. there should be a compassion and a mercy, um, you know, all around, uh, not sure. only for people that, that don't think like us, um, you know, who are outside of the church, but for people inside of the church who, you know, when you know, before they were followers of Christ that, you know, maybe have walked down this path. Uh, yeah. that, well, that God's great. Like God died, Jesus died for that too, right? Yeah. God's grace yeah. covers that. For somebody that doesn't understand the gospel and what Jesus has done, if they've been through that, they've done that, like a, you think of a woman who's had an abortion, who, if she were to admit, like what we're trying to talk about yeah. here and admit that there's a life there and that it wasn't just her body and stuff like that, can you imagine you know, apart from the gospel, how right. you couldn't deal that's with crushing. that. Yeah. You could not person. deal with that. And so that's why we need to make sure that the gospel is clear, that there is forgiveness, that there is right. redemption, yes. and all of these things. Absolutely. Well, that, that, what that it is serious, right? Because yeah. I think there's kind of two, you know, maybe like dangers that we fall into. One is that we, we can play it down. You know, yeah. a lot of people are playing down what it actually is, right? And and what it is is, it is, is murder. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we, we believe that. And yeah. so... Like we, we need to, you know, I guess that's the law part of it. We, we need right. to understand what it is we're actually doing, yeah. um, and it needs to be felt. But then it needs, the, the gospel needs to do its job once, yeah. the, once that guilt and that condemnation is felt. That, hey, there, there's, right. there's, there's a way to relieve my guilt and my shame and my condemnation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Christ. Well, it's that's true. I don't know. I can't speak for you guys. Everything. But I was, I was a kind of a male slut when I was young and before I was a Christian, and there's a good chance that, Abortions have happened because yep. of me, and, and yep. I, you know that's something you have to yep. think about. And again, where do I go for that? I go to Christ. And exactly. I, I, I ask. You know, I don't know that for sure. Right. But there's a better than good chance that I'm responsible yep. for for some of that too. For sure. And it's crushing. It's heartbreaking mm-hmm. to think about. So yeah. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. It's a good point. Yeah. 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 So I came across the uh, uh, Gospel Coalition article. They've been putting them out. You know, for the last week since this happened and. Uh, they're talking about how the church can capitalize 
on this because I think we can look at this and go, oh my gosh, like this is just gonna, this is just gonna go from bad to worse for the church right now. You know what I mean? And it kind of is, but at the same time, it's like what a, what an opportunity um, for us to to capitalize on the gospel of Christ and, yeah. and the things that that actually represent God properly in Christianity, right? Um, and number one uh, thing that, that they said in their article was to disarm with compassion. And I like that. And you guys have basically been saying that. That's one thing we can yeah. do right now as a church in response is to, it, it's, it's to sit down with these people, have conversations with these people, look at them like people, treat them like people, and lead with compassion, understanding. Doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. But understanding right. goes a long way. It shows someone that you that you care, yeah. um, and and then uh, it, it may it may earn us, you know, um, you know, the right to be heard by by them. So to it, disarm, really we say that because I actually have a few, well, more than a few, but but a couple in particular people in my feed who are you know very ardent on the other side, you know, where I'm at, and and you know, social media is not helpful in these kinds of things. No, and, you know, com- productive conversation doesn't happen on social media, especially around these hot button issues, but. I've actually thought about you know reaching out to them you know privately, uh, just to sit down for a conversation to to help understand like like we're never going to come to an agreement I right. don't think, but but I really do want to understand you know kind of where yes. they're coming from and why they think the way that they think yes. and um, you know my, my goal in wanting to have these conversations isn't necessarily to try to convert their way of thinking although that you know that would be cool yeah. if that could happen but like I, I want to learn. Um, because I just I don't have I don't think a deep understanding of you know for someone that thinks differently than me on this topic of really where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I would like to learn for sure. Yeah, it reminds me kind of you know a few weeks back when we were in town and we talked with those those Muslims and and, yeah. and that was kind of a, a an ideal example in my opinion of of how we should be with with all people. Sure. Where you're sitting with people that you know you adamantly agree with on certain levels. Some of it actually probably even bothers you. Like there's things about the Muslim faith and the way they look at Christ that bothers me. You know what I mean? But the fact that we sat down and that um, that we, we gained an understanding right, of right, each other learned. and we listened to each other and we learned from each other uh, didn't agree at the end of the day and that was made clear. Like I, yeah. I, my conviction is still this, not that, you know. Um, and, but, but, we, but we gained a friend and, and maybe an ongoing opportunity. And, yeah. and that's really what we're talking about. Well, the other so. cool thing about that is that we get the opportunity <clears throat> to speak a little bit of truth. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes just that, that little seed of letting somebody know, you know, those guys that we talk to, yeah. hey, these are the claims of Christ. Uh, we don't know where that's going to go, how that's, where that's going to spin around in their, in their brain for a while. All of a sudden one day they might go, you know what? And the same thing could be true of somebody you're talking to about these other sure. things. Yeah. Maybe just because we do need to say, we need, we need to speak the truth of God. We need yeah. to speak the truth of his word and say, well, this is why we believe it's wrong. Yep. And we, you don't have to do it in an obnoxious way. Yeah. But just that, that kind of, you know, that, that little pushback mm-hmm. according to what God's word says could be what actually totally. um, drives them to their knees at some point totally. years down the road. Yeah. And I mean, that's even, that was even my story. You know? right. Some guy finally, you know, just kind of say, hey, you might be wrong. Yeah. You might actually be hell bound because of your beliefs. That's what eventually drove it. didn't happen right then, yeah. but it, eventually it, it got me. For sure. Yeah. Well, and how, how are people ever going to come to faith in Christ if those of us who have faith yep. in Christ don't engage them in right. that way? Romans you know, 10. You know, I, I think we can we can pray that people come to yeah. faith. And, and I, as I'm scrolling my social media feed, I'm you know often I'll just I'll pray for people as I see their posts. You know, sure. that their eyes will be open to the truth. But then, like like recently, especially, like I'm feeling kind of convicted. Like, okay, well, I'm praying, but like I'm not engaging these people. Well, but throwing a rock <laughs> you know? back at them isn't probably going to help much. No, right? not, not but at actually all. Actually, reaching across the table. 
and, you know, in a, in a loving way, in a compassionate way, and saying, hey, I'd like to hear where you're at and why. Yeah. Uh, that's probably going to have, you know, yeah. a bigger impact. Yeah, so. So, some level of engagement. I heard somebody yeah. say one time, you can pray for a hole, and you can, at the same time, you can grab a shovel and start right. digging, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and that's, the, that's the idea of, like, you know, prayer is good, um, but, you know, we're called, to, we're in the world, right? Yeah. We're, we're not of it, but we're in it, and, and we ought to engage people. And, you know, to your point earlier about, you know, people that are just kind of afraid to speak up or hesitant to speak up, because of the pushback, it's like that. That's what we're here for: is to stand for what's right and to stand for what's true. And there's a way that we can engage people that that isn't divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't avoid, I don't think, divisiveness altogether, just right. because there, you know, we have opposing worldviews oftentimes. Right. But there's a way that we can engage people with compassion and mercy and yeah. grace. And, 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 and that this is the difference, right, you know, between being successful in our representation of truth in this, um, you know, lying world. <laughs> Um, and not, it's, it's really the component of love. It's not like just what we do. It's not just being a loud mouth and speaking yeah. out and quoting a verse or whatever. It's the way we speak truth. Right. right. Um, so that, that's really the, the, the factor that makes all the difference is how we represent the truth. Right. We are called to represent the truth. Yep. There's no way around it, but how we do it matters as yeah. much as doing it. Absolutely. But we've been convinced as Christians that, that the most loving thing we can do is just tolerate everything they're doing and right. not call it out. And, right. and that's not speaking that, the truth in nope. love. That's, just, right. that's exactly. just the love side. Exactly. And that's not going to work. And if you, if you right. just do the truth side without the love, yep. you end up just being a jerk. Exactly. Right. So if you bring them together. And, yep. and, it's you know, what we do and how we do it yeah. together yep. is, is what makes and we start we, we still might get spit on. Oh, for sure. Right. Somebody might still just. Well, you know, Jesus guaranteed they would still hate us. Yeah, it's you not know, like, so, you know, you, you yeah. know we could still tell somebody yeah. what to do that. They could get, they could get totally <laughs> yeah. slapped. You know, yep. That could happen, too. Yeah. But, but that's okay. Yeah. So so that was kind of the first one uh, as far as Gospel Coalition in this article. Like, three things we could do was basically the article to capitalize on this opportunity is the church disarm with compassion. Um, act personally is the second one. So, you know, there's resources out there. There's, you know, um, um, ah, where Jane's at. PRC. Uh, the th- yeah, there's, there's, there's organizations out there that our prayer for them and our volunteering for them or even our gifts or money gifts for that. Like that's a way that we can act personally. Like there's, there's other options out there that God has put out there. He's put people out there that have a real heart for this, that are front lines on it, that we could be supporting and helping personally, um, for, for better options. And, you know, just to have, have, you know, uh, life be available right. to people that aren't thinking that way. So, yep. The third one is organized corporately. So this is, I think, the, at the local level as a church. So I know that we have like a, like a benevolence fund is what we call it here, which is for needs that come up. Um, but, I, but I think what they're calling for is that, that local churches, if they don't have something in place, to really be mindful about, hey, if we're serious about life, then, uh, then let's not just, just sit back and criticize people that aren't. Let's be prepared to help whoever God might bring to us, right. might bring into our, our our local household, our congregation. What would we do? Do we have anything in place? Do we have anybody willing to to step up and handle business? Are we gonna, you know, actually, you know, you know, put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, as right. far as how we act as a people of God when when those people. That's kind of the cool thing I would say in, in defense of the church and in defense of a lot of Christians. I think that happens totally so agree. much. Totally. And, and, we're, and people, you know, the other side acts as though 
you guys are all talking though. Right. And it's like yeah. that's ridiculous. Right. I can't tell you how many people I know that put their money where their mouth yep. is and put their time where you know they they they're a hundred percent. And I and I believe without, without any shadow of doubt, if somebody came to us in this situation, I remember that. And you know, Jordan, my daughter, one time she had a friend who was pregnant. And she couldn't tell her. She didn't know what to do. She thought her parents were going to kick her out of the house. Mm-hmm. And without hesitation, I said, she can live with us. She can, you know, well, I mean, it's just, yep. I, and I think that's the heart of Christians. Yes. All, all the people I know, if somebody came to our church that was in need in that regard, we would find a way yeah. to help them. Yes. And, yeah. I, and that's what the PRC, I mean, when you, they're not just trying to talk women out of abortions. They're they're literally helping them get through whatever they're going. I mean, it's an amazing ministry, it is a amazing. compassion ministry. Yeah. That, and when you look at about adoption, every, every culture and every civilization, across the globe, really you you do see um, the championing of, of yeah. whether it's women, whether it's babies, whether it's whatever, it, it's, it, it is usually the church. You're absolutely yeah. right. That has really brought about that change and protected right. the marginalized in society. Um, there are some of us that, that could probably do a better job lo- on a local level. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what this call is for. But you're right, like if the church wasn't on earth, when the rapture happens no I'm just kidding I believe if you had a, a, something set up to where for every woman that didn't want to keep the child you, you found a, a Christian that would uh, adopt that baby yep. I think we I think we would absolutely do for it sure. yeah. I just I know so many Christian people that would they can't get pregnant and they can't afford right. the crazy adoptions and they would and you know I don't know. I think you'd be blown away to see the response. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think it was the Gospel Coalition put out an article. Maybe you saw it. They had like a bunch of statistics about how Christians are engaging in these yeah. kinds of things, mm-hmm. about like fostering and adoption and those kinds of things. Yeah. And basically, in, in every measure, um, you know, Christians have, have yep. exceeded you know non-Christians in you know these kinds of yes. uh, however they measure them. Yes. Um, and just in the talk of you know kind of the, the slanderous talk of well you know why isn't the church stepping up? Well, the church has stepped up. And not saying that we can't do more. We, we absolutely can absolutely and should sure. yeah. do more. Um, but the statistics would show that like the church has been leading the charge totally know, in, in these kinds of yeah. things you know for a long long time. If we weren't, uh, it would be. I mean, what a blight on yeah. us, you know. And so I agree with the, what, what they're saying, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we can always do better in that regard. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. that's an, it's another result of the supernatural as to why the church meets that need and why the church sure. does it. We can look at it and be like, oh, these people, it's just strictly because of their thinking, their logic, from their worldview. No, like it's God in them that 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 propels Christians to think about the orphan. And to yeah. think about grace, the widow. Grace begets the, grace, love begets love. Yeah, exactly. And so it's that supernatural yeah. thing that we're talking people, about. We're not we're better people. Superior. It's Christ yeah. in it's his church. Gospel. How yeah. The gospel. yeah, exactly. I think it was years ago, um, I think it was David Platt's church. Um, somebody, I don't know if it was David Platt himself or somebody went to the local DHS and said, how many kids you got in the system right now? I don't remember what the number was, but gave them the number and they went back. You know, it was a mega church, went back to the church and said, there's you know X amount of kids in the system and you know, like we need to adopt these kids and foster mm-hmm. these kids. And the church like made a dent in in this. Crazy. Just, I mean, that sounds crazy and radical. It's but awesome. It really isn't. So cool. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, let's move from one uh, social hot button topic to another. It's been it's been said. Uh, actually, I think it's being said more and more um, frequently now. But it's uh, one of the arguments when it comes to um, you know homosexuality um, by that camp is that Jesus never never uh, talked about it himself or never um, condemned it never condemned it never never even never even talked about it himself yeah. mm-hmm. um, and and that's I guess a, a mark on us like a problem that the you know I guess you know they win the argument because Jesus never talked about it Jesus must not have minded it or thought it was bad 
Um, and it's not true. And I think if you haven't heard this question before in one of these conversations, it's a matter of time before you do. It'll it'll come up. So we just thought yeah. we would kind of maybe give you a couple bullets. That sounded horrible, but give you give you some ammo. But bullet points. Uh, for, bullet say that. points. <laughs> Love arrows. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna vote against love arrows. You don't like love arrows? <laughs> no. I'm kind of liking it now. Yeah. Once it came out, I was like, "Wow, that's good." No, not really. So, so did Jesus ever talk about homosexuality? Not directly. Okay. That's a, that's a true statement. Yeah. That's a true statement. Yeah. I agree. But indirectly, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of that's kind of where it's it's maybe a a bad question to begin with. I mean, you can argue it from silence. It's like, well, Jesus never talked about a man shouldn't beat his wife. Or there shouldn't be sex trafficking. Like, like, uh-huh. where do you Correct. end with? Right. No, there's a t- there's a bunch of those examples. Actually, I read I saw an article and they said he never condemned elder abuse. He never talked about elder exactly. abuse. But but he did say that we're to honor our mother and father. He didn't say you can't beat your wife, but he did say love your wife the way Jesus loved the church. Yes. So he uh-huh. you know he does cover those things right. very clearly. Right. And, and it's not a stretch to even say that. And, sure. and when it comes to the idea of sexual immorality. Um, or, or how we, a person could defile themselves, and that's the word that's used in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like the defiling sins, unlawful sins. Yes. He would include sexual immorality. That pornea is where we, you know, yes. which includes it. And again, the Bible is very consistent with the way that they treat that. Mm-hmm. Would include that. Yes. So, so, so there's there are a couple areas, like you just said, that that Jesus spoke indirectly. Um, directly (laughs) to this and so we're gonna we're gonna help you with that and what's funny is like as i looked at both of these they're they're my last two sermons so it's i don't know why and i didn't i didn't even think this way when i was you know preaching them uh which is fine but sure enough so so the first one is found in matthew chapter 5 which says uh verse 17 do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like, what's he saying? He's saying the law's good. The law's good. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying homosexuality's bad. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, Leviticus chapter 20, I can't remember where it's at, maybe verse 13. It's super clear, you know, in the law, talking about sexual immorality and man shall not lie with a man. Um, that whole thing right. is, is there. It's part of the and law. Jesus is saying, like, I, I didn't. I didn't come to ditch this stuff, or to ignore this stuff, or you know, to cancel it and do you know some new deal. Like I, I came to make to like establish all of it, to uphold all of it. You know, so um, I mean, there, there's your indirectly. It's directly indirect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, he, he did. There's another point where he said, if you believe Moses, you would believe me. Yes. He, he aligns himself with what Moses taught totally. and yep. says, you know, so that there's, you know, exactly there's more than just that. The other That's one. Um, is in Matthew um, 19, and, and this is again going to be in, indirectly direct in a different type way. And when the Pharisees come to him, I just talked about this Sunday. Says, "Is it is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause?" So the whole subject is just divorce and marriage. You know, has nothing to do with that. And he says, "Have you not read the one who created them from the beginning, made them male and female?" That's a whole. That's a whole thing in and of right. itself right there. If we just stop, made them male and female. And he said, therefore, a man shall leave his uh, father and his mother and hold fast to his his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, um, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So uh, even though this isn't speaking on homosexuality, like what's what's being told to us here? 
What's Jesus he, saying? He's yeah. reinforcing the created order. There you go. You know, God, God's design for all for this. Right. And, and affirming male-female marriage. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Affirming that truth that the Bible is consistent with from start to finish. Yeah. Yep. That one is natural, yep. intended. Yep. The other then, or anything else, would be unnatural and unintended. And, and that's that's really what he's saying there. So, like, yep. um, so again, like, it's, it's there, like, you know, Jesus reinforced everything that, you know, there's a consistency through our Bible, even though he didn't, like, take the subject to, to be to like, I'm going to blow this out. Literally, yeah. if you just give an honest reading of God's word, yes, without trying to do weird gymnastics with it, you will not come away with a different conclusion right? Um, from Jesus, from any from anything that's written. It's very clear right. um, that God has a very clear design and a very clear desire. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not vague or hard to figure out. The problem is that people want to try to undo it. Right. And so they'll find ways to say Sodom and Gomorrah that that was just about them not being, you know, right. they weren't having enough tea parties. They weren't, they weren't, I mean, seriously, I really, <laughs> no, I, somebody yeah. said that they, they just weren't, it was their social graces that, that Jesus had a problem with. And, and Jesus actually said in, in Matthew, you know, it would be better for these guys than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he, he's again talking about what the judgment that occurred there, mm-hmm. um, aligning himself with it and saying that it's going to be worse for these people. But it, it's clear that this wasn't, you know, I mean, it's called an abomination yep. in the Bible. Right. Nobody wants to use that word. Nobody wants to say it. Right. That's what it's called in the Bible. Right. And again, if we have a presupposition that the Bible is God's word from beginning to end, people will even say, like, Jesus and Paul disagreed. Paul was kind of a jerk when it came to this stuff. Right. You know, he was he didn't like it, but Jesus was fine with it. And it's like, okay, is Jesus the Logos? Is he the word? Right. You know, is this, it, it's all one voice. It's one and, voice. And if you believe that, it's not hard to figure out. If you don't. Yep. You're going to come to all kinds of, you can come to any conclusion you want to. Right. And people are. They know? are. But I hate to see the Christians bowing to the cultural pressure of our day. Agreed. And, and just not saying, you know what, I, I, I understand why this is difficult, yep. but this is God's word and I'm going to, I'm going to kneel before God and yep. not you. Yep. I'm going to bow to him. I'm not going to bow to you. And, yep. and if you don't, you know. So, so that, that, that maybe is my final question on it. Like, like the Bible's consistent. It, it speaks with a consistent voice. Jesus agrees. Yeah. With everything it said, how should we speak to it? Because again, we just blow, we just blow it. We do with this either yeah. either by not saying anything, or or by responding with so much disgust yeah. that there's no way you're ever going to win anybody. Right? <laughs> like how, how do we how do we do this thing? I think for a lot of people, um, you know, it's easy to look at somebody who um, you know, maybe they get angry. It's like, well, I get angry. I can relate to that. I can have some grace, you know, for this person. But when you look at someone. And, you know, their, their stuff is something where you would say, well, I would never do that or I would never go there. Like, we, we tend to look down yeah. at people like that because, you know what, I would never do that. Right. You know, I would, I would never participate in homosexuality. Therefore, I can look down my nose right. at, at somebody. Um, and so we tend to do that. I think people also tend to, you know, maybe they, they have somebody in their life that's walked down that path. And so it's kind of a more personal thing for them. And so... Um, you know, because of their love and care for a person, they're willing to maybe compromise, you know, the truth and, and, and not interact, yeah. you know, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember for me years ago, I, I met a gal who, after I had met her and got to know her, um, you know, found out that she was in a lesbian relationship and was about ready to marry an older retired gal. She was a special ed teacher. She's a sweet, sweet lady. And for me, that was kind of the first time in my life that homosexuality had, like, skin and bones, you know, flesh and blood. Like, it was easy to have these perceptions and these thoughts, but, like, in front of me is this real person who um, has had real hurt, you know, in her life because of the way that she lives and alienation from her family and all these kinds of things. Uh, And was a real, it it just changed changed the way that I looked at at people in that camp because now all of a sudden there's flesh and blood attached, you know, to this issue. Um, 
And so, like, like in everything that we've talked about, like we've got to lead with love and compassion and mercy mm-hmm. uh, and, and truth as well. And, and, and yep. it's sometimes kind of a, it's like you're trying to thread the needle, you know, by standing for truth and also having love and compassion. Yep. But, but we can't separate, you know, truth and yep. love. I feel like when, when the, the love is, you know, what's, what's girding up the truth, then the truth stands a chance. Right. Right. And I, and I think that's what we're talking about. And I, I've seen this, you know, over years with uh, the chimney business. We had customers that actually there's the percentage of people out there's a lot of how many people are living as as couples and, you know, a, a gay relationship, you know, like like anybody else would. And, and these people became not just customers, but friends. There are people yeah. I would see every year and the relationship grew and, and they came to like me and I came to like them. And then they would find out at some point that I was I was a pastor and a Christian, and there would always be this thing that immediately went up, like, oh, "Okay, here we go." So, like, you know, like you really like hate me, yeah. and and it's like no. And I, we were able to have so many times these conversations where I was able to let them know what what God thinks of it, um, and yet do it in a way like I'm still looking at them, and they, they're still they're still sensing without a shadow of a doubt that I that I care about them and that God cares about them, right. you know, and um, it just changes everything. It allows conversations to happen yeah. that wouldn't otherwise happen. It allows relationship to happen that otherwise wouldn't. That so, should be reciprocal too. It should I, be, don't, yeah. I don't expect somebody like that to, to, to see it my way or to agree with me. Right. I, I kind of figure they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the fact that we can agree to disagree in a, in a way that you still have respect and kindness and love. Sure. It's just a lost to- thing to totally. me. I don't it know totally where it is. went yeah, or it why totally it went is. away. Yeah. But it, it's just like, no, we have to hate each other. No, yeah. we don't. Yeah. It's okay for us to totally disagree on something. Yeah. But I think what you touched on is, is important. That if we don't come in with the understanding of our vileness and our sinfulness before God, yes. as far as our sin, yes. then then we it's, we're going to blow it every time. Yes. Because I think so many Christians think, well, I'm not as bad. You know, they sin different than me. So, yeah, I'm not as as bad or whatever. No, you're vile. Yeah. You're, Jesus had to die on the cross yeah. for your yeah. garbage. Yes. And if we start there with that understanding that I am a depraved sinner um, deserving of hell and right. Jesus saved me. It levels the playing field. That's your, you know, your starting point. Yeah. Then, then when you come in with, with love and grace to try to tell another beggar where to find the bread, yep. you know. Yep. And that is, that is the love and grace is I, I learned to do exactly what you're talking about in these conversations where um, I would be able to tell them I never have done what you have. I've never struggled right. with this, this lifestyle. It's, it, yeah. but, but I said, I have, I have struggled with equally, you know, horrific things to God and I'll even let them know what they are. I'll even name a couple of them yeah. to let them know that I know that that I I'm that I, I'm where they are and they're where I am. Like even though our sins may be different, um, they're they're a problem, you know. So and there's a solution. So it, it it it's super helpful when we're humble enough to be paying attention to our own deficiencies and deficits, sure. our own sins in these conversations. It's amazing how far that goes. Um, yeah. Well, I think their assumption is that you think you're better than me. You think you're right. Totally you're do. You're totally. looking down your nose. At me. And, and half the time we do. We sure. do well, a lot that way. I think yeah, we've earned that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've earned that. The church has earned that. But I appreciate it. I've heard you say it. I've said it from the front. I don't know if you said it, but, you know, if not, you know. Yeah. Yep, yep. Worst but sinner. I'm the worst sinner I know. Totally. And I, I'm not, I don't say it in a self-effacing way or just to, to try no. to, I mean, I really, I know me. Yeah. I know my thoughts. I know my heart. Yep, I know sure. the stuff that, and I'm. Yep. You know, I don't. I, I really don't believe somebody else. So I yeah. see. I, I see other people's actions, right. and you can kind of evaluate. But I know what's in it's me. Exactly. I know what Jesus saved me from, 
and exactly you know how, who am I to and continues to save us from somebody else yeah, yeah exactly exactly, to, right. exactly. Yeah. So. I think one of the difficulties with you know this subject in particular um, you know for people who are walking that walk is that like nobody's identity is wrapped up in you know being a feast or nobody's identity is wrapped up in yeah. uh, as an angry you know we don't tie our identity to those kinds of things but but we do tie our identity to you know issues of gender and sexuality and so it just makes it a, a much more difficult um, you know, thing to address with people because you know the, their identity is it's wrapped everything. up in it. Actually, right? John yeah. Ford got so mad one time. He was a, a guy that is a um, still attracted, but not a practice in homosexuality. Um, yeah. And he came and spoke to the church. But he really hated that phrase, "love the sinner and hate the sin." He said that you're just saying you're, you, it doesn't make any sense, and it's it's because of yeah. exactly what you just said. Yeah. He didn't see a way to separate those two things. Yeah. Whereas we, you know, with the anger or something like that, that's not who I am. That's just what I do. Right. Um, but with 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 him, he just couldn't see how you could separate those two. So you're basically yeah. saying you still hate the person. Right. It's like no, I'm saying I hate what they do. No, you then, then well then you hate the person because he couldn't. Right. I didn't th- think about it until you yeah. said that, but yeah. it was clear. So you you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. So as we engage, you know, people even in these conversations, and, and, and this is you know these are awkward and difficult conversations, you know, to navigate. But you know we've got to remember that you know we're we're in, in maybe other people's minds attacking their identity. Mm-hmm. And so that should just help us as we approach these conversations to, right. to know that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Any parting words on any of these things? Come, come to camp out next year. <laughs> That's the most political <laughs> we've, we've ever gotten today. Let's talk about something easy and nice next time. Mm. Yeah. Bunny rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> love arrows. No. You know love arrows. <laughs> Let me pray. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this time. And um, we thank you for the time that we live in, too. Like there's, there's times I'm, I'm blown away by just how gnarly it is and I fear for uh, my kids and my grandkids. And, and at the same time, what an opportunity uh, for Christians to step up and, and just rep you well. Um, so much opportunity, God. So, so please empower uh, us with your spirit, God, to, to love and to speak truth and to, and to be bold um, all in a, in a way that represents you uh, properly, uh, that you would lead us in that, that you would guide us in that, God, and that and that people would see you as a result of it, that they would wake up and live. So um, thank you for where we live and the time that we live in, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bye. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.